Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek. We represent the Lollipop Guild, the Lollipop Guild, the Movie Geek Guild. Hey, I'm Chrissy McQueen, and no, we did not just watch The Wizard of Oz. Justin Winters, what did we watch? Movies. Yes, but why would I possibly be singing the Little Person Lollipop Guild song from The Wizard of Oz? I have no idea. Because we saw Being John Malkovich. And there was a little floor for little people. Oh. Okay. (laughs) Also, out of that whole movie, that's what stuck with me first, you guys. The fact that there was a half floor and it was itty bitty and there you go. Exactly. There you go. I guess that's all that can be said. But wait a second. We didn't just see one movie. We saw two movies. Uh, after being John Malkovich, we caught up with Memento. Caught up with them, yes. Yes. Well, I'm catching up. They were like up. in a speeding car and we were, you know. Let's, yes, Justin. Let's, let's catch up with those movies. <laughs> No, but I was behind. I, I literally was catching up. They they were made, I want to say, about 10 years ago. Both of them. Somewhere around there. And yeah. You, and you... Uh, I missed them both. You bypassed them both. I did. I don't know why, but I think I thought that both movies were the Tom Cruise movie that you liked, Magnolia. Both of them were? Yeah, I don't know why. Like, if you could have said just off the cuff to me... Well, it's worth Memento. In my head, I would have seen the Tom Cruise movie, Magnolia, and then separately, if you would have said, let's watch Being John Malkovich, I'd be like, isn't that movie with Tom Cruise and maybe John Malkovich, too? Tom Cruise as John Malkovich (laughs) in a world where John Malkovich doesn't even play himself. Tom Cruise does. Being... John Magnolia Malkovich Cruz. <laughs> and same thing for Memento. <laughs> <laughs> except in my head, it was more like Vanilla Sky, except not. Except in your head, it's pretty much his Memento every day of the year. <laughs> oh, we're going to get to that. There's going to be a whole you know, sidebar on that when we get to there. But yeah, I'm surprised that you never watched either of them. I'm not. And do you know why I'm most surprised of all? Because they're little people. That's the only... <laughs> no. That's the number one thing you got from them. <laughs> no. That and they should have starred Tom Cruise, apparently. No. Well, there was only little people in the first movie, not in the second one. Not, at least not that I saw. Maybe they're really little. But... <laughs> little mementos. <laughs> and I thought was... <laughs> no. But the reason that I'm surprised that I hadn't seen them is that they're really good movies. Well, I've been telling you for a while. You have. But again, I kept thinking it was Magnolia. Now, these are two movies I think have come up in conversation many times, and even on the podcast a couple times. So, I finally got you to sit down and watch both of them. I think that you Which brought- is amazing, because this is our 50th episode. Oh, that's right! 50? I forgot. 50, 50. I should have written myself a note and tattooed it on my body somewhere. <laughs> Oops. 
<laughs> Happy fifteenth episode. So you tattooed the actual like note, like the post-it <laughs> note. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. So speaking of notes, I got a slew of them for being John Malkovich. So are you surprised that I love both these movies? I'm not. You're um, a cerebral person, but with a good sense of humor. And Whoa, I'm cerebral? You're cerebral. Whoa. Not to be confused with cerebral. By the way, can we just talk about palsy for a second? Let's not. Okay, never mind. <laughs> so, back to being John Malkovich. We are talking about little people. We're moving on. Um, yep. Why did you want me to watch this so badly? Beyond the fact that you liked it. Why? Yes. Why can't that is that's not enough? Well, no, it is, but uh, you always have reasons. Um, we'll see. Well, starting with being John Malkovich, this is number one, a great movie. Number two, it's got um, a script from one of my favorite screenwriters of the past twenty years, Charlie Kaufman, who did adaptation, and he also did um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, I think that's the other movie I thought this was. I think this was ad- adaptation. You've seen that movie. <laughs> Does that have Tom Cruise? <laughs> no, you've seen Adaptation. That's the one with uh, Nicolas Cage, and he's playing like the... Oh, but Scarlett Johansson's in that, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I-, I knew I should have tattooed that you've seen Adaptation on your body, like, right after we saw it. <gasps> no, that's the one with uh, Nicolas Cage. He plays, like, the two screenwriter uh, brothers, and M- Meryl Streep's in it. She, she That's the one where she, she gets high on the opium and she talks on the phone going okay i'm gonna do the the dial tone she goes oh remember that i remember that scene but the guy chris cooper who uh won an oscar you've seen it I, i'll just tell you, you've seen it i think i fell asleep <laughs> no, you we like saw that in the theater no i didn't and we had like a long discussion about I definitely about did not see it in the theater for sure <sighs> okay well i uh, my memory is better than yours it is <laughs> Yep. Who are you? All right. Okay. What do you think of being John Malkovich? I thought it was fantastic. Uh, incredibly witty in a dry sort of way, uh, but not but not in a in an acerbic way either. So it it kind of like just kind of walked this fine line of being playful, and uh, and I, I'm, this is gonna sound so cliche, but being a mirror of itself. Like you were saying in the, our last podcast, you were talking about how. Um, Scream, actually, it's two podcasts ago. Scream was very self congratulatory and winking at itself, in that you alluded to being John Malkovich, like, you know, Malkovich, 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 and that one scene where he literally is, you know, put into a portal of himself. Mm-hmm. And I totally get it now. I totally get it. Yes. The more you know. <laughs> so that's what I meant when I said uh, it has a sense of humor, but yet it has a very cerebral side. Like me. Like you. Maybe I should marry this movie. Maybe. Okay. Uh, going on down the line of my notes, so starting from the beginning of the film, you know, chronologically <coughs> towards the end, the first one I wrote was Inappropriate Puppet Shows Equal Awesome. Yes. What did you think when the little girl was on the street watching the puppet show? Do you think that he knew that she was watching and he was doing that on purpose? No. He was just caught in the moment, man. He's an artist. I thought so, too. And can I tell you that it didn't occur to me for another 10 minutes that that was John Cusack? Of course it didn't. Well, because he that's looks so much, different. It's pretty much every movie you ever see. No, it's not. Yes. No, it's not. Well, what happened? 10 minutes later, you're like, 
That's Cameron Diaz? She looked really different, too. Okay. Well, they're she actors. They're actors. They're chameleons. And the director obviously, you know, wanted to, you know, hide them a, hide them a little bit, you know? Right. Well, it, but to be fair, Daldi, actors. Especially Cameron Diaz, yeah. whose hair is like a whole another story. But I can't even handle it. But, uh, I mean, you said the actors are chameleons, and that's true most of the time for character actors. It doesn't work as well usually when it's a name or a brand person, you know? Well, it depends on what kind of movie it is, you know? Uh, Charlize Theron won an Oscar for doing Monster, and she looked like shit. She did, but she was congratulated over and over again of like, how did you do this movie while looking like shit? But you were just saying that, you know, if it's a star, you can totally tell it's the star, but it depends on what kind of movie it is. That's true. But this one, it kind of served their character to be styled the way they were, especially the John Cusack and Kim Diaz. But do you know who is a great character actor? That, that It was bothering me, because even before I recognized that Cameron Diaz was Cameron Diaz, I was like, I know that guy. How do I know that guy? It's Tom Cruise! <laughs> yes! <laughs> he just came out. Um, no, uh, Orson Bean. Orson Bean? Yeah. Yeah. He He's uh, one of the curmudgeon old men on Desperate Housewives. Is he? He is. Well, I did not know that because I stopped watching. Yeah, well, with good reason. But, other than the script, the, you know, the acting in this movie, Orson Bean, one of my favorites in the movie, because every time I watch that scene, I, I laugh, because he's so dead on good at his character of the... The boss that thinks and no he's one can a speech impediment. No, no one can understand him because he has a speech impediment. Yeah, so, okay. that that coupled with the the secretary that doesn't understand anything you say was like it that was genius. That whole sequence is I'm just laughing throughout. So I, I, you were. It's funny, and I love that when he just kind of like shakes his head and he tells um, John Cusack, "You're just being nice. I know. I'm isolated in my tower of indecipherable speech." And he's like, no, I can really understand you just fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or his, like, uh, you yes. know, imp- improv, okay, file this. And yes. he's like, that's not a, not a letter? He's like, yeah. Good, very good. <laughs> yeah, all, all that stuff with the office and why it's on the seven and a half floor, I mean, it's just so zany and out there that... I was just like, okay, this is this is definitely a movie that I like already. It's amazing. I love that anybody... That, it's total shtick. I like shtick when, it, when it's not slapstick, when it's not obvious, when it's just like wildly out there, but it works. And it worked. Everything came together for that. Uh, one of the things that you were just mentioning, though, was the filing. Can we discuss for a second that the entire business is supposed to be filing? What are they filing exactly if the whole business is filing? Um... I don't know. Small person secrets. <laughs> I don't think that's what it was. Like for. a lot of stuff in this movie, you just have to go with it. You're just like, okay, that's how it is. Let's go with oh, it. Oh, I did. You should be proud of me. I totally made that logically, but I didn't stop myself. But 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 you were you were like, what is going on? Like <laughs> you didn't tell me about this little person thing, you know? And why are they filing? And why are they filing? But, no, but I, it didn't ruin my enjoyment or the movie, or it didn't, you know, stop me from going on the journey. And go, going down the water slide into the Jersey River, shall we say. But why are we talking about that other than Orson, uh, what's his last name? Bean. Hmm. 
Like Mr. Bean. I like him a lot. Uh, other than him, the other two actors that I love the most in this, um, one was Catherine Keener, who was introduced during this whole, you know, watching the video of why it's the seventh floor. She is awesome. And I'm, she's awesome in this movie. I'm back and forth on her. I mean, not as an actress. What? I did, let me explain. I like Catherine Keener quite a bit as an actress. Uh-huh. That being said, I wasn't as keen. Ha, 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 ha. On her character, Cat <laughs> Keener is her last name. Hilarious, yes. I was, you know, it's funny, I wasn't even trying. And, and I can't decide whether it was due to her performance lacking or whether her performance was just so great that I didn't like her character because her character wasn't very likable. I think it's the second one. You think it's the latter? Yeah. So she was just that brilliant and that's why I'm lukewarm about her. Yes. Hmm. Come on. Jump, jump on my bandwagon, the I Love Catherine Ke- Keener bandwagon. Who else was on your bandwagon for this? Um, well, obviously the the main subject of this movie, John Malkovich. Oh, he's so good. Because, I mean, if somebody comes up to you and says, I've written this whole movie and it's based around you... And it actually was based around him. It wasn't being John. It wasn't being Tom Cruise, and then they changed it. Right. This Charlie Kaufman wrote it based on John Malkovich, and he was like, "This is weird, but okay." <laughs> and he just completely goes for it and completely sells it, and you know, makes it great. He's- Especially the scenes where uh, John Cusack is is able to take better control of the motor skills of John Malkovich. Yeah, it gets really face-off during that portion, and I love that. It is pretty face-off. I'm like, oh, that's just like, you know, Nicolas Cage acting like John Travolta, or John Travolta face. acting like oh. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. Face-off is one of my favorite movies of all time, I guys. like this movie, too. <laughs> I, I would have fit that movie to the death. Me, too. High five. High five. Okay. So, back to being John Malkovich. You're right. I don't think it would have worked as, let's say, if it were reversed for a female, being Cameron Diaz wouldn't have worked. No, because she sucks. She was good in this, though. I mean, she's okay in this, but normally I'm just not that big of a fan of Cameron Diaz. I don't hate her, but I guess she just hasn't really been giving that, I don't know. Do you know who would have been good? Showcase her talent. What? Do you know you would have been good in her part? Who? Bernadette Peters. Bernadette Peters? Yeah. Get a musical theater girl in there. They know what they're doing. Yeah? Sing about it a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. She could have been in the cage with the animals. Come on, can't you see Bernadette Peters in the cage with the chimp? <laughs> <laughs> sure, Bernadette Peters is like, no, nope, I'll skip this one. <laughs> and Tom Cruise could have played the chimp. You know, being John Malkovich on Broadway could, I would, I, you know, I would buy a ticket for this. <laughs> as long as John Malkovich was playing John Malkovich. But the problem is, is then it would turn into a Jekyll and Hyde sort of fiasco. Why? Have you not seen um, the musical theater version of Jekyll and Hyde? Yeah. With the Hoff? Where, he, where whenever he's going undergoing the transformation, he's like, ah! <laughs> Well, you are comparing... John Malkovich to David Hasselhoff. <laughs> and I will not let that happen. Citizens Arrest. Turn right. this podcast. <laughs> you Sorry about that. It was unintentional, officer, I swear. No, Malkovich does a lot of, uh, they even joke about it, does a lot of theater. So he does. 
I'm sure he'd be down for, you know, doing it on the London stage, uh, being John Malkovich the musical. Did anybody actually do any real puppetry in this, or did they farm it out? <laughs> you mean, is it CGI puppetry? <laughs> what are you talking about? No. No, I doubt that John Cusack nor John Malkovich did any of their puppetry. Well, that was my question. I was hoping that maybe at least John Cusack, because you see him doing more puppetry than you actually see of, you know, Malkovich doing it. Well, either way, it's impressive. Although, speaking of impressive, how unbelievably effing impressive was it to watch John Malkovich do the live version of the puppet dance that, that John Cusack does in the very beginning? That was the Dance of Despair. That was one of the better parts of the movie, I agree. I think it's one of my favorite scenes. Really? I mean, it's just ridiculous. He embodies that little wooden marionette that John Malkovich, in the very beginning, you know, um, you, the first two minutes of the film are uh, us watching this puppet move that uh, John Cusack is doing. You don't even really see John Cusack very much. You just know that the puppet's being moved by its strings. And then later on, John Malkovich, as John Cusack's real-life puppet, repeats it. Yes. I want to explain for people who haven't seen it. It's amazing. It's if amazing. If you haven't seen it, see it. Because well, we yeah. just pretty much told you what the whole movie was. True. Uh, let me ask you this. Yes. If you could have, uh, you know, a portal in your office building oh, no. into any person's... Leonardo DiCaprio. For 15 minutes, it'd be Leonardo DiCaprio? It might be. I might, well... What, you just look at yourself for 15 minutes in the mirror? <laughs> no, not anymore. Um... Oh, slam. <laughs> So, no. So you're saying you have to take like a uh, a time travel machine back <laughs> no. and then go into the portal. Let me finish. No, I'm not saying that. While they're filming Titanic, so you could just like <sighs> goose all over yourself. Ew, and no. Here's the thing. I wouldn't want to look into my mirror at my unbelievable beauty and greatness for 15 minutes. Not because I'm not so beautiful and great as Leo, but because you probably me, could have Sephora as Leo. Me as Chrissy McQueen. I have evolved, and now I realize that there is more to this man than looking in the mirror for 15 minutes. Okay, what would you do for 15 minutes? If I were he? If you walked into the portal and you were... And I were controlling it him? Was, it was being, Or observing him? This is... Let's say just observing. Then I wouldn't do much of anything. I would observe whatever Leo's doing. But this is like your dream scenario. I, be showering, I guess? No. Okay, what would you be doing? Saving dolphins. Okay, if you're controlling him for 15 minutes, what would you be doing? Saving dolphins <laughs> and then having sex. I don't know. <laughs> Why not? We should. Is this like is this is like is this like the Cove Triple X or something? No. We All right, guys. Here's the thing. We only have 15 minutes to do this, so three minutes is going to be saving the dolphins. And 12 minutes is going to be having sex. Hey, he's an environmentalist, and I like dolphins. This, <laughs> this might happen at the same time. So if y'all are over here saving dolphins, and you look over, and I'm having sex with myself. <laughs> X for one? I'm Chrissy, I'm Chrissy stuck in Leo's body. Who are you having sex with? I would call Chrissy McQueen. I would find her. <laughs> so you're in the portal, though. So you're gonna be spat out onto the New Jersey Turnpike, and then I would find her. 
I love that you're like, I'll be saving dolphins and then having sex. <laughs> no. We can alternate that order. <laughs> no. We can do a little memento no, action and go like no, backwards and stuff. No, you can't because the sex is a congratulate. It's like a congratulatory present for saving dolphins. Wait a second. Is this cutting into a bestiality conversation? <laughs> Congratulations, Brian! Saved dolphins. I'm going to have sex with you. No. No. All of a sudden, it's the news. <laughs> Leo Leonardo DiCaprio was arrested today after having congratulatory sex with a dolphin after being saved after saving it. Yes, it was kind of like that. It was kind of like that movie, The Cove, but way more pornographic at the end. He saved it so it could be its concubine. <laughs> wow. I think someone's portaled into your brain. And it's just a lot of air up there right now. Oh, that was nice. You know what I would do? What? I would find the portal to like one of the richest, not the richest, because it'd be too obvious, but one of the richest men in the world, and then I would... You know, I guess not write me a check. Go to like to ATM or go to their vault and take out all the money and then FedEx a box of money to Justin Winters. <laughs> care of Justin Winters. <laughs> not Chrissy McQueen in parentheses. That's not nice. And my dress. I'm not going to share my Leonardo DiCaprio. That's, and then I would have sex. I would spend the f first 14 minutes <laughs> putting together this money box. And then the last minute, having sex as I'm, you know. That's because that's all you need. You only need a minute. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be looking for Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio, who all, is also having congratulatory uh, dolphin sex at the same time. We'll do a, you know. Ew, please don't. No, no, now it's getting weird. It wasn't weird before, but now it's getting weird. What? I'm calling him up. You're the one that's having sex with him oh, while he's... You didn't say you were going to call him. It sounded like you were going to, like, happen upon him. <laughs> <That makes sense. laughs> There's no you're like, yo, bro, what's up? There's no time for that. I don't know if you listen to me, but 14 minutes of my time will be devoted to the bunny box. Well, only one <laughs> minute of time will be, you know... I'm having non-dolphin sex. Well, let me tell you from personal so... experience. It doesn't take that long to FedEx a package. That would take you, like, five minutes. You you would have you would have at least ten minutes with which to. But do it's things. very important. It might be my only <laughs> chance, so I want to make sure that it reaches. Care of Justin Winters, Sherman Oaks, or whatever. <laughs> it would be smarter to send it to your mom because otherwise they would come looking for you. Your mom gets this big truckload of money. She's like, "Oh wow!" There's like, there's, well, that, that's not. Nice. They're not going to know. I've taken over his his body like an avatar. Yeah, but once much. you get spit out, they like, know that something happened. Look at me, I'm like an avatar. No? No. It's no. not no, it's not like riding in the giant Lego transformer things. It is kinda like Avatar being John Malkovich because they get in and they can control him and do the dance of despair and stuff like that. Instead of saving Yeah P Pandora or whatever it's They're not stupid. nine feet tall and blue. They're could, famous actors. Could be Future. Okay. okay. So, moving on in, in the list of notes. Um, I can't see you. Just took my page from me. Oh, there you go. Thank you. All right, quick version. Go. Um, what, is, what is the theme of this movie, Chrissy? Like, break down the thematic content. What is this movie about when you boil it down? down? What? Uh, always wanting what you can't have. 
or wanting what you shouldn't and wanting to be somebody else, the grass is always greener. Okay. What do you think? It's just, a, it's a love story, man. You think it's a love story? Yes. What planet are you on? Well, Craig, the guy played by John Cusack, loves Kathy Keener. Yeah. Not so hot on his wife because he pretty much ignores her and she transfer that love of wanting a kid and stuff to the monkey and stuff. The animals. And then Cameron Diaz ends up falling in love with Kathy Keener and right. vice versa. I think those that those are not accidents to the plot, obviously, but those are... The only way for John Cusack to be with Kathy Keener is to avatar John Malkovich for sex sessions. Right, but those are secondary... I don't think it's a love story. I would not classify this as a love story. It's I would call it an unclassic love story. I would say that there are nuggets of love or lust amongst Lo the greater love theme. triangle, or would be a pas de, pas de trois? trapezoid, pas de quatre, pas de quatre. <laughs> yes. No, I don't, I just don't. I don't think that it's a love story. I mean. I can see why you're arriving to that conclusion. I just don't agree with it. Well, that's fine. All right. Tom Cruise wasn't in this one. No, he wasn't. Okay. What if, what if it would have been a portal into the monkey Elijah's brain? And it could have been being Elijah the Chimp. Well, there is that small portion of the movie, which is... Right. Where we are giving a flashback to Elijah's... You know, childhood in the jungle. His trauma. What 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 traumatized him so much? And that's great. That's Charlie Kaufman. You know, esque because he's got a couple other scenes throughout his other movies that are just like, where in the world? Like, I didn't think it'd get any kookier than it was. Right there, there you go. I have a couple of logistical questions for you. Go. First of all, what happened to John Cusack's body for eight months while he was living as John Malkovich? Was he like? Was his physical body in that little mud hole? Um, it's in like limbo. Wherever the end of that mud hole is, it's is like it the Jersey Turnpike. It's like lost. No, that's where his body's deposited afterwards. So between that, it's like in Poltergeist Land, sort of, or Insidious Land, or the end of Lost Land. It's in limbo until. So he doesn't need to eat or drink or sleep or poop or pee. If he does, it's just you know. I don't know. I was wondering about that. Like, where's his body all this time? Limbo. Okay, and if all of these people are, because they keep saying you can be John Malkovich, not you can visit John Malkovich, you can, you know, portal into his brain and follow along with John Malkovich, you get to be John Malkovich. Yes. How is it that they weren't actually being him and doing things, you know, for him? Like, when these people kind of zapped into his body, they were more like observers. They weren't, you know, like surprised when they looked at themselves in the mirror. They weren't, you know, controlling the actions. Well, because most of the people were just doing it for one time. And they, there wasn't like a, a being John Malkovich tutorial at the beginning of the line. People just got in line because they're like, oh, this is cool. But what happened was the people like Kusek and whatever, they, Maxine. they did it so many times that they learned that they could control him. And he did the weird voice thing where he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. 
you know? Right, exactly. But then it was a misnomer to sell the product as being John Malkovich, because they were not being. It was called Observe John Malkovich. They should have called it Avataring John Malkovich. Yes. Avatar was not around then. But, I think... Riding as a passenger in John Malkovich's brain. Yeah, it's like the the Body Wars uh, thing at Disney World, where you're in the little spaceship, and, you know. Also, let's take a quick second to recognize the cameo of Charlie Sheen in this. Machine! He is playing himself, again. Does he ever accept a part where he doesn't get to play some facet of himself? Like? Like, figuratively figuratively or literally. In this, he was literally playing himself. He was Charlie Sheen. On Two and a Half Men, he's figuratively playing himself. They gave him the first name of Charlie, but it's technically a different character, but it's really himself. Mm-hmm. And in that baseball movie, he's kind of a jerk, and it's another facet of himself, and he loves baseball. Like, is, is there ever a movie where he, or a TV show where he doesn't play himself in some way? I mean, there's uh, there's different levels of machine in each role, I guess. Why are you playing machine? Because that's what he calls himself in this movie. Oh, okay. But there's movies that you haven't seen that he's in that I would probably consider him less... Sheeny? Sheeny. Really? Like Platoon... You never see Platoon? No, is that like when Robert Downey Jr. is in Tropic Thunder? No. It's not as funny as Tropic Thunder. <laughs> at all. <laughs> like, we should have paired that up with uh, Recreate Rec- for a Dream and Rules of Attraction, pretty no, much. No, 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 let's not it's say a, we did. It's a different downer of a film. I would rather not. So is there anything that you didn't like about the movie? Actually, no, and it's funny because I know you always ask me what I like, so I actually made a brief list of likes. The quirk factor, that it was a big leap for them and stretch for the actors. No, Oh, I like that there was no clear protagonist in this. I mean, you could argue that John Cusack is the protagonist, but he does some shady sh- Well, we've said shit already. He does some shady shit. Yeah. So I felt like if you do a character analysis of each person in the mix, there isn't a clear protagonist. Yeah. Except for John Malkovich. But there's a definite loser at the end of the movie, you know? Yeah. Spoiler true. warning, in the movie, John Cusack kind of gets the the short straw Yeah. in the whole uh, Malkovich thing. He he's gets, basically told by Orson Bean he has to leave John Malkovich's body or he's going to kill Catherine Keener, which is a total bluff, by the way. And he does it because he loves Catherine Keener so much. But little does he know that Catherine Keener has jumped ship for him anyway and is truly in love with Cameron Diaz's uh, little kind of wafy homebody girl. So Cusack gets stuck in the resulting progeny. The kid yeah, Keener and Diaz end up raising. Yeah. But he has no avatar controls over the kid. He just has to observe. Yeah. He like will tell the, the last kids, scene. He's like, "Oh, don't look at them." Yeah, because he's looking. The kids looking at them lovingly, and he'll be like in the kid's head, going, "Don't look at them. Stop it. Don't look at them." Which reminds me, did you Those hear voices twi- in your head? Very Twilight Zone ending. I like the ending of the movie. I agree. When you were a kid, though, did you have any voices in your head? Drop, drop dead Fred or something. What? No. Voices in my head? Yeah, like did you ever like hear to kill people. <laughs> no, not necessarily bad voices, but like that. He's not saying anything bad. He's just saying, "Don't look at them. Look away. Look away." Like. I mean, you always, at some point, you think that you have, like, the devil and the little angel on your shoulders saying, do this, do that, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Why are you, why are you mean? 
He was like very Scooby. I went through a phase, Justin, where I was so sure that I had voices in my head that I would freak out and confess things to my mom that I never did and then be like, but I'm afraid I'm going to because the voices and I had to listen to a Walkman to make them go away. They would know. My parents would know if I had a Walkman on, don't bother her. She's trying to drown out the voices. Wow, what a lo-fi, you know, antidote. <laughs> Chrissy has her Walkman on, guys. <laughs> what is it now? Is it an iPod? Has it jumped to an iPod? I guess it has to have been. Calms the voices. Did your head spin? Did you vomit pea soup all over your mom's dude, face or something? Dude, I wasn't Linda Blair. I was just, I, I don't know. I would occasionally have, like, bad thoughts, and I never understood them because I didn't want them to happen. It, they were just, like, flashing my head before I could stop them. I bet you I know one of the thoughts. What? It's like, if Leo had a portal, I would jump in the portal, and then I would save the dolphins and then have sex with him. I didn't know who Leo was when I was six. Freaky, stinky dolphin sex. Ew, no, no stinky. Well, you chose. That was your fancy. No, it that was, was your really <laughs> screwed up fantasy. <laughs> it was to save the dolphins and then have sex with Leo. Get it right. It's free Willy Four. <laughs> You're having sex on like the rock bridge while the the um, was it killer whales are like jumping over the both of you. I just kind of like the double entendre of Free Willy Four. <laughs> so let's on that note um wrap this up did you have any dislikes for this movie no not really other other than i'm not a huge fan of cameron diaz um yeah other than that not so much yeah it's definitely a for me i give it um an a minus because i feel like there were parts when it dragged a little bit loved it but it's just you know it could have been a little tighter well anything over 90 minutes drags for you that's not true titanic was three hours and 17 minutes it, it is long. So, hush. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, would you give it A minus? Yeah. Okay. So, on to Memento. How have you never seen Memento? I think I thought it was Magnolia. <laughs> but that's okay. Well, Magnolia is a good movie, too. You should have watched both of them. I don't know. Here's the thing about, about Memento. It was very, very difficult to take notes. <laughs> Because you want so badly to watch every little thing that's transpiring on the screen. And let's be honest, looking down to write things takes time. And then you look up and you've missed something. So I found it very coincidental that Chrissy had never seen this movie. because in <laughs> Ironic re- is the word you're looking for, in, in, in real life, Chrissy has pretty much this exact same short-term memory disorder that the main character Memento has. I can make Or supposedly has, because some people think that it was all a sham. I disagree. But I can make new memories. That's not the problem. It's just that a lot of... I, I forget a lot of little things. She reset... Her, her her brain resets every, you know, five to ten minutes. No, but, you know, here's a, uh, here's actually an interesting point. Um, the lead character, Leonard, played by um, Guy Pierce, mm-hmm. he says that the physical condition, at least he believed could be overcome by repeated conditioning, repeated exposure and conditioning. So not necessarily that you learn, you know, how to avoid certain circumstances or what to expect, you know, um, in any given occasion, but, you know, that it becomes instinctual. And as somebody who does not have a very good short-term memory, I can tell you that conditioning absolutely does work because the more I see something, the more repetition 
I have to do, uh, then I'm fine. And I'm fine forever. I never lose it because I've become conditioned to it. So you might argue with good reason that I don't have a very good short-term memory at all, but if you let me watch a movie three times, then I'll remember it forever and I'll be fine. Well, that's the thing. We don't have enough time to have you watch movies three times. That's true. But you know what's really kind of cool about this? Is that a year from now, we could just repeat the same, like, 45 movies that, and then be like, she's seeing them for the first time. And I'd be like, I think I saw this once, and I won't really remember even if I did. That would be pretty funny if, we, if every episode was the same movie, and we were just <laughs> getting a new... A new opinion from Chrissy about the same movie over and over again. But the problem is you're still getting it from the same person, and I would likely form the same opinion. This seems familiar. Hmm. Although I think it... Free Willy 4. I think it would be funny if, unbeknownst to me, you chose one kind of, like, you know, needle in the haystack movie that I had seen, and we'd even done a podcast on, and then make me watch it again pretend it's brand new. Well, what was the movie we were talking about earlier? Uh, adaptation. Oh, yeah. I, I know 100% that I've seen that movie with you okay. at least once, maybe twice, but you've already forgotten about it. But isn't this the one where Scarlett Johansson wears a pink wig? No, that's Lost in Translation. They're not the same movie? An- another movie that, here's another thing Chrissy does. She lies and tells me she's seen movies <laughs> if she has an inkling that she doesn't want to see them. But I always know... <laughs> Whether she's lying or telling the truth, <laughs> by I, I just ask like little questions about the movie <laughs> that anyone who's seen the movie would know, and she usually totally fails that. <laughs> so I just you know note it in my little you know memento notes. <laughs> she has not seen this movie. Uh, no, but I'm pretty honest with you. She is a liar. She is the one. No, <laughs> likewise, and Justin. I, then though, I, then to... I take a Polaroid of your lying oh, face here. But to be fair, there are certain movies where I tell you outright, yes, I have seen this one, but I seriously don't remember much of anything about it. And you're like, doesn't matter. You've seen it. We can't watch it for the podcast. I'm like, and you, I'm just telling you. I'm telling you I can't remember anything about it. So we can. But there's that's the thing. There's just so many movies that you have no association. You know nothing about. There's so many on that list that it doesn't matter. You know, we'll get to those eventually. So. All right, whatever. So, yeah, I have a lot of empathy for the main character, Leonard, in this because he can't make new memories, and I obviously have an inkling of understanding what that's all about. And I don't think he was faking. Do you think he was faking? Well, I have my whole theory about what's happening, but first I want to get to, was it too, I was kind of worried that it was going to be too, like, deep, like, too heady. Dense. Too dense for you. Why would you fear that, Justin? (laughs) Again, the whole short-term memory disorder and the fact that you I like... don't have a clinical short-term memory disorder. And the fact that Chrissy likes to ask questions repeatedly throughout a movie. And they're not just like, yes or no. They're like, explain this. And once I start explaining, you've missed like another huge plot point. Like, Memento is something, and I told her this at the beginning. I'm like, you have to watch. Like, you just have to sit and watch it. You, there's cool. going to be questions throughout... But it it's so dense and it's so like fast moving that you it's like it's a Christopher Nolan movie. I mean, if you watch this movie, you see the guy that made Inception in it. You know, you actually saw a lot of like uh, comparisons to Shutter Island, which is not a Christopher Nolan movie, but it's a Leonardo DiCaprio movie that you like. Yeah, it is. You know, I I have to admit, um, let's take the podcast down the road of series for a second. Uh huh. 
I'm a little bit insulted that you thought that it was going to be too dense for me. No, I'm not. You're thinking dense because I think you're not smart enough to get it. I'm saying dense because there's so much information, and I know how your brain attention span and the attention span works. That I was afraid that you weren't going to get, you know, see like see everything. Okay, that's what? fair. I'm your biggest fan. I know you're you're smarter than me. Shut up. That's not true, but thank you for lying. Yeah, you are. Moving on. Um, Dolphin sex. Yeah, that see that was brilliant right there. Good save. You're smarter. <laughs> okay, so... Okay, so Memento, as I a- knew that it was going to be a dense movie because you kind of warned me, and thank you for warning me ahead of time, because it, it, I, I can be conditioned to watch when somebody tells me it's a dense movie and you have to pay attention to it. I was even like, I don't even know if you can take notes because just the act of taking notes... You won't be looking at well, the screen. Well, that's the very first thing I said when we started talking And the this. fact that it looks ridiculous because he's like taking notes and you're taking notes about him <laughs> taking notes and all of a sudden you're like caught in this... Malkovich, Malkovich. <laughs> yeah, a note vortex. You're like... <laughs> explosions. So. Yeah. Um, it, you're right. That, that was very difficult for me. Um, so my notes are limited in this, but... It's okay. You can speak off the cuff. What did you think overall? Oh, I thought it was fantastic. And you're right in that you can definitely see um, the kind of like almost nuggets of Inception, you know, before we actually had Inception. Dude likes doing movies where um, the female characters are mainly out of the picture. (laughs) Like they're either dead or you don't even know where they are. And this is another one. Or I think it's Natalie. They're total bitches. Well, depends on what theory you have about how the movie goes. I mean... Uh, what do you think? Okay, what do you think? Like, what happened? What happens? I, um... If you haven't seen Memento, watch Memento. Yes, like, don't just take our word for it. No, I mean, we're going to talk about what the movie, like, what we think happens, which is the main reason people like this movie is because there's different ways that you can interpret... The what, actual plot. The actual plot. Because it's told forwards and backwards in time and uh, through several different perspectives. So you kind of you no, get no. It's all ho- from his perspective. No, that's not true. The narrators. Well, no, 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 that's not true because as it goes further back in time, like for instance, the entire scene with Natalie, you're kind of almost seeing it from her perspective because she, you know, tells him all of this, and she goes outside, and then she comes back, and you can see that he's forgotten, and she repeats, you know, um, and makes it. But that's story still from out. his perspective. We don't like leave him. I mean, every. Supposedly, every scene, the color scene is is it's he's fresh and new. All, everything's new to him, right? But the point is, is that you can kind of draw your own conclusions as to literally what even happened. Not even like, oh, I think that the intentions of this character were that. Like, you can draw your conclusions about the basic plot. Okay. Um. So yeah, I accept the version that I think Nolan was trying to give us. The more, um, like, if this were. I, I sing, so I understand music. There's, you know, a harmony line, and sometimes there's more than that, and then there's the melody line. The melody line is the prevailing theme. Like, when you're humming a song, that's the melody. And I accept the melody of this. Like, I, I feel like the, the basic version is that uh, he is looking for the man he thinks raped and killed his wife. He thinks it is this guy named John G., and he already killed John G. in the past. He just doesn't remember it because he couldn't store the memory, so he will... He will forever be waking up and looking for John G. And uh, 
people whom he meets along the way either help him to that end or use him to their own end, but, you know, um, give him something to so you're saying after. you're saying that someone did kill his wife. Oh, there's that. I forgot about that. <laughs> well, that's the main crux of the movie. No, I forgot about that. He, I was thinking of... The uh, last thing he remembers is his wife has been killed, so right. every time he's reset... The first thing he's thinking of is, I've got to avenge my wife. And, right. And he's got a version of the events. And at the beginning of the movie, you're like, oh, okay, this is the version of the events. Halfway through the movie, you're like, okay, maybe our narrator is not very trustworthy. What is the, ver the real version of the events? And then by the end, you're not really clear as to what happened. That's like, true. Before, like, before... Uh, because I think the black and white story happens before the the, co so the colored portion. What ha actually happened before the black and white portion? You know what he says he thinks happened, and by the end, you're not even sure that he exactly knows, or maybe he's faking it. This movie is like falling into a lake. At first, you're kind of just trying to swim, dog paddle, keep your head above water, but then as you go further, it just gets murkier and murkier and You're all about metaphors. You're like, okay, so Nolan's all about the melody. <laughs> no, it is. Well, I was asking what you thought about them. Like, well, I forgot. Well, in in the statement that I made earlier, I have to. If you shave off the part about who killed his wife, because I, I forgot about the whole thing. But you know, as far as who raped his wife, then I accept that version that he already killed the person. Or who even his if wife. that happened. But no, I I think that did happen. Because okay, because uh, the whole thing with Sammy Jinx. Yeah. That whole thing, we're led to believe that. That was actually his story that he had take, he had projected yes. into someone not him. So but Sammy did exist. He just didn't have a wife. How did you know that he existed? Teddy said so. Teddy said so. Yes. Why do you believe Teddy? Because he doesn't have a memory disorder. But he could have nefarious, you know. Well, sure. He inclinations. Could. By the way, that's a great word. I love the word nefarious. I think here I, I'm not really. I've seen this movie three times. Just now, I haven't seen it in at least seven, six or seven years. But every time, I'm like, okay, maybe I really don't know what's happening. But I assume that what happened was is that he did have this disorder, and it led him to accidentally kill his wife, just like he said that Sammy Jinx killed his wife. Right, was with the diabetes. With the insulin. Yeah. And then it screwed up his mind so much that he's caught in this loop where he wants to avenge the killer, it gives him like a purpose, like, I'm going to avenge the killer, and then he just gets taken advantage of along the way by all these other people, whether they be crooked cops, you know, drug dealers' girlfriends, stuff like this. And then by the end, you see that not only is he caught in this, you know, loop, he... You're like, well, does he even really want to avenge the right killer? Like, he, I don't, he doesn't even really... He just wants to have something to wake up for and live for and avenge for. And he kind of makes that clear when he starts going after one of the main characters, even knowing, because somebody just told him, by the way, here's the truth. You killed that guy a long time ago, and then you killed your wife by accident. I'm just letting you know because you're going to forget it in a few minutes, so I don't feel like I've really hurt you either way. But he remembers in that split second of, well, you know what? Maybe you're right, but now I'm going to go after you. And he, like, makes himself notes to, uh, to later remind himself that this is the bad guy to go after him. 
So watching yeah. watching this movie for the third time, the main thing that I gleaned from it was I need to write more to do notes for myself. That's what you got out of this entire thing to write more to do notes. <laughs> Come on, how could you not watch this movie and be like, okay, I'm not gonna maybe tattoo my grocery list on my body <laughs> per se. But if there's something, you know, every soy time... Soy milk, yeah. mango, soy, cereal. Soy milk's definitely always a need. So I can go <laughs> ahead and tattoo that on my, like, wrist. Like a small, very ten-point print. Yes, yes, you could. How... People go, what is that on your wrist? Soy milk. <laughs> well, Chrissy, again, you might have a short-term memory disorder. What did you, you know, learn from this movie? A short-term memory what? Exactly. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, honestly, it kind of shook me a little bit in that regard. If I'm, if I'm going to start projecting onto myself, uh-huh. um, which I, I do naturally with most movies. I, don't I project know why. everything onto myself. No, I do. It's like, it's weird. Like I can make movies about me and my friends or, or you and I'm like, this has nothing to do with, we are not in the wild chasing tigers. I'm like my own drive-in screen. I project everything upon myself. I probably shouldn't do that. Go. But, uh, this did, uh, frighten me a little bit. Whoa, was it like a Dateline NBC episode? Not so much. There was no Chris Hansen asking, what are you doing here? Uh, it was just one of those things where when it was over, I thought, holy crap. If the, if I, I'm as bad as I am right now with memory, but if I get worse as I get older, if I get to this point, people are just going to be able to ma- manipulate me left or right because I'm not going to remember. And it made me think of my own mom, who I think her memory is getting a little worse too because it runs in my side of the family quite a bit. And, um, you know, and obviously there's the whole other side of the point of Alzheimer's and stuff like that. So this is not far out of the realm of possibility of happening in real life. Maybe not so young, maybe not due to an accident like it happened to him, freak accident, head injury, and now he can't remember anything. If an accident actually happened that way and he's not faking it altogether. And who thinks that he's faking it? Internet people? I don't know. I mean, he talks about how... He thought Sammy Sammy uh, Jenks might have been faking it because you know he did that whole thing where he said, you know, "I would look in his eyes and it, there wasn't there was a look of recognition like right. he'd already well, met fake me." It. And I totally understood that because I do that all the time. I can't I can't remember people. And it's, I don't I don't, I just I don't think I think reading up on it when it came out ten years ago I don't think Chris Nolan and I haven't read up you know recently I don't think he ever gave like an explanation his explanation for what really happened. Which right. is very Nolan in the fact that he usually doesn't do something like that. Well, I'm glad like, that he didn't. Form your own conclusion. Yeah, that's the whole point. Which is a reason, you know, this is... Usually I hate that. I can't stand when, when movies don't tie up the ends because I need to have a conclusion. I need, I need a denouement. But I'm, I'm actually really glad that he didn't do that in this one because I enjoy the conversation that ensues. Like some people think that he was um, in like a mental hospital and he broke out. And that everything that we're shown, starting with the black and white stuff, is, okay, he's broken out, and this is how he's dealing with the fact that, okay, his wife's not around for some reason, whether she got killed by some burglar, burglars or whatever. Burglar. <laughs> the hamburglar came with Ronald and snuffed her out because, or or the whole insulin thing. Did you notice the little bit of foreshadowing when uh, he was telling Sammy Jenkins' story and then they cut to Sammy sitting in a wheelchair and for a very split second you saw it was Leonard? That happens a couple times throughout the movie. It's very Fight Club that way. Yes. So, yes. So I noticed that and I went, "Uh uh-oh. 
that's what I was saying. Watching this after the fact that I've seen Shutter Island in the last year or so, I'm like, ooh, reminds me of Shutter Island. Yes. Yeah, it's, it changes it. I agree. If you've seen Shutter Island, and now also, I will say, if you if you see this after having seen Inception too, it, it kind of, you know, uh, it puts a new spin on it. Just uh, by the way, a technicality here. I feel like some of the music in this, like the recurring sad um, music that was done on um, strings, was very much um, also in Inception when Leo was very sad about Marion Cotillard. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was the same musical. Um, There's Nolan, score. you know, characters always, always saying, "Oh, my dead, possibly dead wife. Let me reminisce about her." Right? How very sad. Too bad they didn't have the like log. The loud, like, foghorn-type music in Memento. Like, <laughs> Justin, maybe one day you'll be in your own real-life Christopher Nolan movie because I will die and I was the one with the bad memory disorder, so it's like a little bit of Memento, but then you try to avenge my death, but you can't, and then, you know, Paris turns in on itself like Inception, and you'll have the sad music. Wow, that sounds very complex. <laughs> yes. Leo <laughs> will we'll ride in on a dolphin. <laughs> And I'll be like, I know that's not you, Leo. I know that's Chrissy at the controls. Stop having sex with that dolphin, Leo, Leo slash Chrissy. Let's get back Why to... Why do you think in Titanic he stood at the engine and was like, I'm king of the world, woo And there's a little dolphin jumping in front of the ship. Wow. That was the, the deleted scenes, I guess. No, it happens when he says he's king of the world. There's a dolphin. Oh, That's well, why he says he's king of the world. He's like, I'm king of your world, Dolphin. <laughs> now let's have sex. <laughs> For, was it 13 minutes? Maybe 14. 14 minutes. It's <laughs> a lot of dolphin sex, man. <laughs> the dolphin's probably ready to smoke a cigarette after two, three minutes tops. <laughs> what? Gross. I know. Gross. All right, back to Memento. So, did you have a favorite scene in Memento? Anything that stuck out where you're like, okay, this rocked? Um, oh, it's really, really hard. Um, if I can see my list for a second, that might help me. Wait, you took notes? <laughs> oh, yes. I tried. Are they backwards? No. Um, honestly, there, I, for me, it wasn't so much about favorite scenes because everything builds upon you know, one thing builds upon the other, upon the other, and so on. Got it. But there were certain lines that stuck out to me. Like he said at one point, how am I supposed to heal if I can't feel time? And I was like, ooh. Ooh, that's deep. That's deep. No, it is. Come on. I know we're being funny, but but it is. And he also said, I can't remember to forget you. And I'm like, oh, that's so sad. If you keep going back to the very last thing was that, you know, you just lost somebody in that heart-wrenching, you know, gutting feeling of loss and you can't get past it because you can't remember to forget. You don't have enough time to forget. You just yeah. launched right back at the beginning. Totally. I agree. Don't placate me. No, I like that too. Okay, so then what What did you like? Do you have a favorite scene or favorite line or anything? Um, I kind of liked uh, Carrie Ann Moss's scenes. Mark. Yeah, especially the scene where she pretty much comes out and says, it doesn't matter what I say to you now. You suck. You know, I want to punch you in the face. Blah, blah, blah. You're not going to remember any of this. Cause yeah, because he doesn't. I he wanted to so badly, she, too. She was basically caught up in this whole scheme, and she kind of 
figured out what was going on, and she played him like a fiddle, pretty much. He played both of them, Guy Pierce's character, and eventually um, Joey Pants from Risky Business. Did you know that was yes. him? Yes, I recognize Got him snuffed out. That was pretty much her doing, so... Props to Carrie Ann Moss's character. I think she did a really I good job. I guess I just I never really understood the subplot with the drug dealer and Natalie and all that sort of thing. I just I didn't really get. They're just kind of thrown in there, and it was like, oh, and there's the subplot where there's this drug dealer, and you're gonna stuff him out, and you know. Well, Joey Pants is like he's like, he's like, well, why should I do all the dirty work when I have this crazy guy that I can just send? And that's pretty much what he did. He used Leonard to. Yeah. I guess you're right. Do all that stuff, and he ended up getting bit in the ass at the end. Indeed. Or at the beginning, or whatever it was. At some point. It's just kind of a hodgepodge. But yeah, really great movie. I love, love Memento. I would like to see it again. I would like to actually have my mom see it and and see what she thinks. I think I've heard, I don't have the DVD myself, but I think there's some form of the DVD where they rearrange the scenes. What? So it's all in like how they would normally chronological occur. Chronological order? Chronological order. Because according to what I read way back in the day is... That, no yawning on the podcast. Huh? No yawning on the podcast. I'm sorry. It's okay. That it wasn't planned to be backward, like showing backwards. It was planned to be in chronological order and Nolan like... Somewhere during the process, it's like, hey, let's do this. And that's what happened. They, oh, wow. Yeah. So if you watch it in chronological order, it still makes total sense, apparently. So. Well, I would like to see that. I would like to see it, too. I'd like to see what? I would like to see it, too. See what? Dolphins having sex with an avatar Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> hey, that's a James Cameron movie. Hey. Whoa. <laughs> Poor, yeah, why are we singing that song now? <laughs> because it's a small world, Avatar, James Cameron. We talked about Leo and dolphins. So what would be your final grade for Memento? A. Sweet. So pretty much double A, yeah. almost. Double That's A is a very small bra size. Great success. It is. For, for episode 50. Happy 50 to us. Happy 50 to us. We are very glamorous. Happy birthday to, no, 50 to us. Wow. <laughs> we are very glamorous, <laughs> apparently. That's how the song Glamorous, glamorous. <laughs> yep. Glamorous, glamorous. That's that. That's why we went to a full hour, because it's awesome. And we're not at all bored and yawning, right, Justin? We're, we're totally cool. Well, it is kind of late at night, but I'm sticking it out for all five of you listeners. Yeah. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> Hi, Leonardo DiCaprio. Hi, Mel and Dad and <laughs> Kristen. Robbie has better things to do, probably. So... Hi, Robbie by Association. We've apparently entered the shout-out portion of our podcast. <laughs> I'd like to say hey to... Jesus. <laughs> Met-ups to Jesus, always. <laughs> um, if you want to catch us on Twitter, we're at Chris Winters, K-R-I-S Winters, or Justin Winters. 
just like that. And then you can shout out to us. Shout out to us. Hi, Allison. You can send us, you know, words of wisdom, um, hate hate mail. Ooh, that happens. Hate tweets. Actually, that hasn't happened yet. But that's about it. It's going to happen once we get six listeners. Yay! Yay! That's about all I got. <laughs> okay, me too. Bye. Bye.